You're listening to the Sports Talk Podcast with Darcy Waldegrave from News Talk ZB. The Black Clash is a coming next year. It's back again, very popular version of the game. We're joined now by former New Zealand skipper, cricketer, all-rounder, man with the best hair and greatest glasses ever in Test cricket. His name is Daniel Vittori. He's the head coach of the Sunrisers Hyderabad IPL team. And just around the corner, when I talk about around the corner, sometime in late summer, they're often racing in the Black Clash. And uh, he joins us now as uh, captain of Team Cricket. Daniel, always a pleasure, mate. Uh, welcome to the show. So uh, what are you actually bringing to the party, Captain Daniel? <laughs> Great question. Hopefully four overs. I can, I can guarantee that everything else is a bit of, bit of a lottery. Obviously, you're a big name behind it, but what, what drags you into competing into something like this? What's the drive behind it? Uh, I think there's, there's a couple of layers. Obviously, it does a huge amount of um, help for the both the Rugby Players Association and, and the Cricket Players Association with, with some of the funding that's required to, to keep on top of a, a lot of um, things involved with those both associations. Um, so that that's hugely important to, to all the players. But I think it's turned into a, just a really good day. Um, and it's also t- a chance, I suppose, to to show that you remain competitive, that you can still do a little bit of what you used to do and, and, and try and win. And I think initially it was a bit of fun and we thought we'd comfortably beat the rugby players, but they just keep getting younger and younger. And therefore, um, we have to try harder and harder. Have you still got a carcass for it? What are you, mid-40s now? You reckon you can still roll yeah. it over? You can still dash a quick no. single? No, no, I can, I can bowl. <laughs> I can guarantee the bowling, um, but uh, the rest of it is a real, a real battle. So um, we we have to employ a few younger blokes to to roam the boundaries, or a few few fit blokes. I think that's our our key is our skills seem to be still there, but not quite our our stamina and fitness. What about your captaincy? I suppose doing a lot of coaching as you have been over the last few years, you still very much understand that the tactics behind T Twenty cricket that hasn't left you behind, has it? No, no. I mean the tactics. At the, the, the top level is slightly different to, to this this iteration of the game, um, and playing against some guys who you know only play this format or play this style of game once a year. So some, there's some def- definitely some different things, but I think the style of play everyone watches enough cricket to to want to mirror what's happening in, in the world game, and, and the world game at the moment is you know a lot of a lot of heavy hitting, a lot of uh, batter dominated, and, and trying to hit as many boundaries as possible. So I think you see that in the black clash as well. Are you surprised at the way this event's taken off? What is it? Was it the sixth iteration? I think it is now, and it really has accelerated, hasn't it? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think everyone wanted to see the rugby players at the start and to see if their skills transferred into the, into the cricket game. And I think once that they saw that they they do, um, they were impressed with what they brought to the table. That their skill level was able to compete with some some older cricket guys. It, it became an event. I don't think it was. Um, taken as a, I suppose, a bit of a laugh, and, and that's due to how good the rugby players have been um, at times. So I think I think that's the main attraction. That it is a competitive game, and you get to see some players from yesteryear, and, and mainly you get to see those rugby boys run around. Uh, Danny Vittori joins us. He's the captain of Team Cricket in the upcoming Hot Spring Spars T20 Black Clash in association with Wolfbrook. You've got Nathan McCullum and son of Baz, Riley McCullum. What do you know about his cricketing skills? Uh, I know he's. Oh, well, I haven't seen him play, but I've followed his career. I've known him since he was 
is very young. So the fact that he played for Northern Districts as well, which was a sense of pride for other Northern Districts boys, not so much the, the Otago boys and the McCallums, but uh, he's done very well at schoolboy and age group level, and now he's up in Auckland. Played for university, I believe, um, good batter and, and an off-spin bowler. So I think he's he's the sort of player that we actually need, a bit of youth, someone who can run around in the boundary. But obviously uh, people will be excited to see him play. Um, and I think it's also pretty special for Nathan to to play with his nephew. Unfortunately, Baz is not around this time, but they, they may get a chance to play together or compete against each other in, in the future. I interviewed Brian Lara a week or so ago, which is one of the highlights of my career, I've got to say, after 20-plus years. Uh, playing against a bloke like that in Team Rugby, I'm amazed you actually let him join Team Rugby as opposed to lassoing him for Team Cricket. It's just not right, is it, Daniel? Yeah, I don't know how to get a say on that. So um, <laughs> it would have been nice to have him. We played with him in a few charity games over the years, and he's um, he's still fit. I mean, he's mid fifties, um, and he can still play. So I just think it probably goes to to how big the event has become that we can attract a player, one of the greatest players of all time, to come down and and join in and, and help um, be part of a, a big event. So. I think we've we've tried to bring in big names every year, but it doesn't get much better than, than Brian. Daniel, we've got a World Cup coming up. You're um, going to be helping out the Australians. And I mean, 10 years ago, we would have crucified you for that, but not anymore because that's the nature of the beast. I mean, people use their skills all over the world. So what do you think you can bring to this Australian side as the spin coach, as an assistant coach, considering how much they've been staggering over the last the last few weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of say they need me back. Um, I've been struggling. So, look, I think my part to play with the team is obviously around spin bowlers, but also the, the tactical side for the fast bowling group. And I think everyone who follows Korea knows how difficult that is in the subcontinent now that the scores of 350, 400 are pretty common on good wickets and small ground. So, it's just that, that, that planning and being meticulous with that and then asking guys to execute. And that's the hardest thing under pressure, but there's. A number of very good bowlers there, um, but every every bowling unit is going to be put under a heap of pressure during this World Cup. You'd be looking at New Zealand plainly being a former captain as well, um, and what they've done over the last few years. They're, they're always very relevant, especially over the last six, seven, eight years. What do you make of what they've done on their build-up? Uh, I mean, New Zealand's an exceptional team. I think it's, it's interesting being in another international team to get a perspective um, outside of your own, and I think there's an immense amount of respect for that New Zealand team, um, not only for what they've done, but for how good a group of players they are, they are, and I think that's you know it's tribute to the the big guys in terms of Kane, Tim, and Trent. But I think the group that's come through in the last little while, particularly Daryl Mitchell, Lockie Ferguson, Glenn Phillips, Will Young, all those sorts of players have contributed, and they look like a really settled, balanced team. Which, as we know, um, at World Cup time has has always performed um, and I don't think this will be any any different. And finally Danny Vittorian, thanks so much for joining us. Is this the end of one day international cricket? A lot of people have been signing a death warrant saying this might be the last World Cup. How do, how do you think the status of one day internationals is currently? I don't, I don't think it will ever be the death of a World Cup. I think there, there may be a reduction at some stage or just, I think everyone's clamouring for that that idea of what a, of what a year looks like within a within the cricketing landscape around the balance of franchise cricket international stuff and, and the fact that there's three formats and that's the that's the challenge that we have over every other sport is that we have three different um, styles of the game and there is an appetite for all three formats. Um, so 
people want to watch it still. Um, but I think particularly at the World Cup level, if we think of 2019, 2015, um, they've been amazing World Cups and they've been well supported, albeit that New Zealand's done well. Um, I still think whenever there's a world, world event, no matter the format, people will support it and, and get behind it. For more from Sports Talk, listen live to News Talk ZB from 7pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.